You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by The Hartford. Welcome back to another episode of Small Biz Ahead, the small business podcast presented by the Hartford. This is uh, John. I am joined by my co-host, Gene Marks. Gene, how are you doing today? I am doing okay, John, and uh, very interested for this uh, conversation to take place so people can hear it. I, I don't know if I have a single friend or family member that I would consider borrowing money from, <laughs> but it's a big source of capital for small businesses. So uh, interesting conversation about to happen. That is true. So yes, if you're listening or watching, because we're we're now doing video, we're welcome to the, the 21st century, right? You probably already got the indication from the title and the intro that we are here to talk about different ways you can raise capital for your small business. And this episode specifically is around raising money from friends and family. So to give us their perspective on that, we have uh, Leonardo Shapiro, who has a history of kind of founding and co-founding a couple um, companies that were really built around democratizing access to capital and, and funds to, you know, business owners who might not historically been as served as those with privilege. Um, I think he's got point of view on lending. I think he's going to be able to talk about us about the pros and cons about asking people for money, um, how, how you should, how you shouldn't. And I think it's going to be a really valuable conversation on a different way to kind of think about revenue for your business. So we will welcome Leonardo to the chat. Morning, guys. Thank you for having me. Well, thank, thank you for on. joining us. So Leonardo, maybe to get started, um, you can just tell our listeners a little bit about um, you and your kind of journey as a a founder and someone who's kind of built a career on helping people access, you know, the means to kind of do their own thing. Sure, John. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I mean, I think raising money for friends and family, it's always kind of tricky, and uh, but it's a pretty maybe easier kind of source of capital. So there's kind of a lot of do's and don'ts over there. And I think I... I have my first share of of misses and and hits there, so happy to share. So hmm. I'm I'm originally from Mexico City. Uh, I moved to the Bay Area, uh, I think about ten years ago. I started uh, three companies, uh, one in Mexico, two in the U.S., and all of them had some component of uh, raising money. I mean, there are well, there were there were all venture back companies. So we had VCs, we had professional investors, we had family offices, we had all those guys. But the first little checks were always friends and family. Gotcha. And, uh, and it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a, there's a thin red line there. It's a fine balance. It can go really well. It can go really bad. And I think it's just about integrity and about transparency. Yeah, no, that's great. So it's interesting that you said kind of the first, you know, um, like drops in the bucket tended to come from friends and family. So maybe we just start there. So you have an idea, you're thinking about getting it going, you know, y- you need the the capital to do it, or you need to kind of start thinking about like, how do I finance this new idea? And some people might decide they want to work while they do that. Some people might not be able to, because the idea is going to take up all their, you know, their passion, their breath, their air, their time, they're, they're not going to sleep, they're going to be kind of building this new thing. So you need to kind of go to people who you know and love and trust to kind of get a, a little bit to get started. So what's a conversation like that like? And, and to your point, like how how do you set it up to be transparent and to kind of set some fair expectations? And how do you really know what to ask for? My first company was when I was getting right out of college. So I would kind of pretty much zero dollars in my bank account. So the need, the need for raising money 
for friends and family was just like to keep the lights on just to start uh, the company. Right. The first one was like mom and dad. And uh, it was uh, it was kind of an interesting conversation because uh, it was kind of a this is I mean, to set up the frame, it was two, early 2000s. The Internet was just starting. A lot of people didn't know exactly what the thing was. And uh, and. Uh, when I was trying to describe my business, a lot of people just gave me like a quick pat, pat in the back and they told me, just why don't you get like a real job, right? <laughs> what is this thing about inventing stuff? But, you know, you're going to this. Right? It was just like too right. very, very new. So I I mean, I think I approached it like a son would approach a mom and a dad. And he was, uh, well, you know, I have this idea and, and uh, maybe you guys don't understand what this is, but this is going to change. It's going to revolutionize the world. And it was it was pretty much sales pitch, right? I mean, I was I was trying to sell my mom and I was trying to sell my dad on the idea that we're going to give me kind of a little bit of money to to do something. At that time, I think I was kind of young and uh, and I didn't even think about the implications of getting a cent from from some from your family, right? I didn't know what was like the fiduciary responsibility that we're getting into. I didn't know what was the expectation from the other part of. Uh, reporting back and then to kind of give you some information and again mom and dad are mom and dad and uh and, and in particular case my mom and dad i mean did support me with a little bit of money they, they both said well i don't understand exactly what you're doing i don't understand anything of what you're doing but i mean we we will support you and uh and it was much more kind of a how much do you need right and it was like well i need this well you, we can give you that mm-hmm. That was kind of the first time when I said, like, hmm, this is easy, right? You just go and you ask for people for money and, uh, and, and it works. So, so that was kind of the first, the first hmm. injection of capital into the company. We didn't even document that as anything. I mean, I didn't know that you had to do anything. You had to do saves. You have to do like, promissory notes, convertible notes, whatever kind of mechanism that you wanted to use to, to convert money. So, and of course, that money kind of evaporated in like a second, right? <laughs> so it was like, okay, let's do it again. And uh, and it was not going to be mom and dad anymore. It was going to be kind of the, the next one. And I think that's when it gets more interesting. I mean, I think we, 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 we go to friends and family because it feels that it is a easier or closer source of capital because this, there's kind of this pre-existing relationship of trust that somehow is hedging your success rate as a, as a founder or your FICO score, whatever other mechanism it's required for you to get to get capital. I pitched, in this particular case, to two of my closest friends. And I think this is when I learned some of the basic. So I think the first one is you should never pitch somebody that you know cannot afford it. Mm-hmm. And I did that, right? And I mean, I, I, didn't, I, wasn't, I was not super clear that I was pitching somebody who could not afford it. But when business happens, and sometimes business doesn't go as you expected, right? If that person was counting on that money as, I don't know, tuition or like for a more primary need, you're going to get in trouble. So I think that, that was my rule number one. I mean, even though I think as you, as you develop a track record as an entrepreneur and, and, and some, of this, some of those investments, I mean, you got good exits and, and you can give back good returns. Uh, I, I, I learned that and it's my, my, one of my premises. Even though that this might be a great opportunity, I, I approach my friends and tell them, let's just imagine that you went to Vegas, right? And you're willing to X amount of dollars on the table or in a roulette right. or whatever. This is exactly the same thing, right? Uh, the minute that you give me the, the, this check, you have to consider that this is gone. Uh, 
And if you cannot approach that this investment from that perspective, I'd rather you know be your friend forever and and go and uh, drink some beers and eat some tacos than actually getting into into well you know you lost my money that I was going to use for tuition for my kids. Right. And well, it's interesting you say that because it, it is still a business transaction. And I think that's probably where it, it's hard to have those conversations. Because I think sometimes people want to go to family and friends because it's like, you know me, you trust me. To your point, you're not looking at my FICO score. You know, you might have the means, you might not. But I think there's a couple of things to consider is that they're, they're really making a behavioral based decision, right? So it's kind of, it, it is kind of like a lender. Do you have the the track record and the means and the expectation that you're going to have the the means to kind of pay this back. But I think the other thing is it's not so much a victimless crime if you don't. <laughs> um, so if, if this is really a, a loan versus a gift or kind of a, a loan that's expected to be paid back the same way when you lend someone 20 bucks and I'm going to get it back the next day, it, it's a different mentality, right? And there is a sense of kind of that personal obligation, I would think, both from the person asking and the person giving that, you know, this, this money isn't coming from a capital source of, you know, a private bank or being, you know, raised off interest of other things. Like it could be someone's college savings. It could be someone's retirement. It could be, you know, kind of their rainy day healthcare fund. So both understanding that it could be gone, but I think there's probably even more of a sense of obligation as you as a borrower to say, I really want to pay this back because, you know, the last thing you'd want to do really is hurt someone you care about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you said something pretty important, John, over there, which is, I think, when, when you pitch somebody, when you when you get investment from a friend, you need to understand, you need to be really straight if this is a loan or this is an investment, right? If this is a loan, people would expect to get it back and they would expect to get it back in certain time frame and probably with certain capital gain on, on, on the loan. If this is an investment, it's is kind of less known and, uh, and, and people, I mean, I think don't, who are not professional investors have never invested in a, in a business before, they might not know the difference. Right? So I think it's it's super important to be transparent and say, I don't know when I'm going to give you this money back. I don't know if I'm going to give you this money back. I have no idea what the return is. Uh, and uh, and this is what I'm planning to do with your money. Um, something something that it was, it's, it's really interesting as well is how the behavior of your friends change the minute that you do a financial transaction. Right? <laughs> I remember I... I one of my my dear friends. The next time we 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 saw each other, he kind of received me in his office, right? And he was just like, "What's going on here?" Right? And he was like, "Well, you know, I would love you to give me kind of a report on on the business." And he was like, "What, what are you talking about? What kind of a report are you expecting?" He's like, "Well, we just like gave you money, right?" And uh, the same way that I, you know, treat my other investors. Uh, I, I want to know is like okay, how's the product going? Uh, are you do you have targets? Are you meeting expectations? Basic business hypothesis turned out to be true, and it was like whoa, this is so strange, right? <laughs> and uh, it's uh, I mean I think it's it's pretty it's it changes a lot, and and I think it's 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 pretty important to set the basis in the beginning. But another thing that it was pretty important is also set to expectations of how much time you're going to devote to, to give info, right? When you're running a business and you really want to be as nimble as possible and you want to be able to execute. And the last thing they want to do is you know, somebody calling you like, hey, can you give me a report on the business right now? It's like, no, you know, I'll send an email once a month saying how we're progressing at the time. 
Right. Well, it's interesting because I think sometimes it's hard to be direct with your friends and family. You know, we often want kind of err on the side of, um, you know, pleasant conversation than, than probably like how we would have to think about kind of our business communications. Right. So what's interesting and what I've seen from folks who have taken personal relationships and made them investment relationships is that the lenders in that case don't always understand the difference between investing in something and co-owning or managing or consulting on something, because I think it's really easy when you know someone and you say, okay, I gave you, you know, 50 grand to go chase your dream. I have an opinion on how you should do that. And because I know you and I'm comfortable with you and I trust you, and maybe in some cases you're my kid, I'm going to let you know my opinion on how you should do what you do. And, and it can, it can be a little awkward, right. Um, To kind of, draw some of those boundaries. So I think your your kind of just very first statement about being really upfront on on kind of what this is, how or how this should not impact our relationship and kind of what your expectations should be as someone who's agreeing to to give me this, you know, this kind of source of, of funding is really important. Cause I, I think the lines get really murky when you talk about people who you know personally. And and I think it all starts from good places, right? I think um everyone's expertise is usually good intent because they want you to do the right thing, but the right thing in their mind might not be the right thing for your business. And that can be an interesting conversation to have. I've, I've witnessed. Yeah. You know, I think in, in, in the, in, in the Argo of, of, of this profession, they tell you that the most expensive money is the, the one that you don't have. <laughs> and I think I would change it. I think the most expensive money is the one that makes you lose a friendship. And, yeah. and, uh, and I think you definitely approach it from that perspective and, uh, and be really, really, just savvy on, on how and from who you're going to make this ask, right? I mean, in, in, in very specific cases, as we were mentioning at the beginning, you're not giving them a lot of choice, right? When you say, hey, I need 50, 10, whatever. Uh, it, it feels that they're going to have an obligation of, of do it because of the pre-existing relationship. And I think it's, it's, it's also super important to say and just to, just to give them a way out, right? And when I'm pitching somebody, it's like, and if this is not a good time, uh, if you have other plans, if you know, you're know you a little bit stretched too thin, don't worry about it. I mean, it's, I'm just you know, giving you the opportunity because I think it's probably going to be a good business. But uh, just don't feel obligated. Just feel forced to do this. It's something that you just don't want to do. Yeah, I think, you know, and I'm sure, Gene, I'm, just even the kind of comments on returns and, and interest in contracts, I think you're going to have a point of view there and a lot of questions. And I want to give you the chance to get to those. Sure. But I think the one other thing kind of looking from the point of view of the lender is that, you know, it's a good point, Leonardo, on kind of setting the expectations, but also I think understanding that personal money tends to be more emotional and it's not just, you know, five or $10,000, you know, that that could be a wedding, right? That could be uh, like a family vacation or a memory or something that, that you can't really quantify. So I do think that when you, when you think about kind of requesting that money from people, it, it's hard for them sometimes to kind of like draw the line in the sand if it's a true loss or an investment that goes the other way or just takes longer to recoup, right? Because it's not just the cash, it's what they could have done or the the belief of what they could have done or the romanticized version of what that money could have been. And I think it's also sometimes that money isn't just theirs, right? It could be the pressure of what a family member thinks because they don't have access to it. So whether that's a spouse or a kid or someone they support. So it is something I think to very seriously consider because I really like that that comment about the most expensive money is the one that makes you lose a relationship. And sometimes the 
the perceived cost or value is much different just because it comes from a place of emotion and a place of personal kind of aspiration, which is, it's a different ball game. But Gene, I, I know you're, you're hungry to get in on terms. So I'm going to, I am. Yeah. I mean, it's a great conversation. You know, Leonardo, so you, you started um, a few different companies in your entrepreneurial life. And I think uh, your most recent venture, if I'm not correct, is called Brex, B-R-E-X at Brex.com. Can you tell us a little bit about that company? Yeah. And, and just to be clear, I wish that was my company. That's not a company that I started. Okay. Uh, but uh, Brex is a financial services company that is based headquartered in San Francisco. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, it's mostly kind of providing financial services for uh, mid-size uh, and venture-backed companies. Got it. And uh, financial services meaning loans, capital, that sort of thing, correct? It's Yeah, it's, it's around credit cards and uh, and accounts to store money and so forth. Yes. Good. Okay, that's great. So you mentioned earlier in the past that you have uh, you know, raised money in your in some of your entrepreneurial ventures from friends and family. Um, I, the impression I got was that it was mostly loans. Is that right? Like, did you you because you you we talked about or you mentioned about the uh, you know, shifting between whether it's debt or equity, somebody's going to buy into a company, and you've leaned more towards debt over equity. Is that is that a fair statement? Uh, it was actually it was it was more around equity. It was okay. kind of convertible. It was convertible notes at the beginning, so it was some sort of a, kind of a debt, but with the idea that it was going to be it was going to be invested as, as equity on the company. Got it. Because I, I got to imagine. I mean, knowing you, you know, in the brief time that we've met, and you know, looking into you know, doing a little research about you. This is not the last company you're going to be involved with. I know you've got more companies to start. I can tell in the future. Um, and and when you do that, based on everything you've learned so far, uh, you're trying to raise capital. And let's assume you, you do want to go to family and friends to raise some money. W- would you lean more towards you know towards selling shares of a new venture, or would you would you prefer to just just borrow money from a family member or a friend? Like do do you, you know, would you lean either way? I think, I think it's going to depend on the type of company that you're building, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if this is, I mean, most of the work that I've done, it's been around kind of creating enterprise value that at some point is going to have an exit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, the, in that particular case, uh, it's, it's always kind of better to, at least in my perspective, to sell the idea that you're co-owning or you're just getting a little bit of a company. I haven't done kind of a loan, like, like just typical just uh, create just kind of very clear loan with terms with friends mm-hmm. uh, I think I would feel really stressed out if I would do that if I you mean, just had a loan you're saying yeah I, I think yeah. because I mean I am I think when, when I've done these things before I'm asking my friends and family to share the risk yeah and uh, and share the upside right so the idea is like you know I always start the business with, you know, we're, we're going to do this and this is the idea. This is the concept that we're trying to build. And uh, one out of, I don't know, 1,000 times we're going to be successful, right? But if we are going to be successful, Google is going to come and buy your business. Right. And, and, uh, and then, you know, it's going to be kind of a different conversation. I haven't done the one which is like, you know, I'm going to borrow some money from you and eventually I'm just going to repay it back with, uh, with, with some interest. Uh, right. You know, if you're doing these transactions, um, how how much how deep in the paperwork did you get with your family or your friends? You know, did you did you have formal written? You know, here's a note agreement or here's a you know uh, you know a share agreement you know with them or was it more of a handshake? 
No, no, it's uh, it's uh, completely legal. I mean, right. I I try to do it as kosher as possible, right? Right. And uh, and make sure that everybody understands uh, what's going on and everyone understands what kind of documents they're signing. And uh, I mean, I I and I was just like my dad, just like you know, slip me the papers. It was like I, I don't need this. It's like no, you, dad, you do need this, right? And if right. you don't need that, I need that, right? I need you to 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 know that. What we're doing is structured, and I need you to know that uh, eventually when we need to have a conversation of whatever conversation we need to have, there's going to be a paper that we need to go and we can reference and say, this is the terms that we can have agreed. Did you ever feel any uh, self-consciousness um, you know, about, you know, you're, now you're weaved in with your family and friends, they see how you're spending your money, like, oh, Leonardo just bought a new car, you know, must be good for him with, with my money that I lent him, you know? <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever run into those experiences where you were just self-conscious about how you were spending your money because you knew that you had families and friends that could be seeing what you're doing and may question? Yeah, yeah, actually I did. It was a very uncomfortable conversation with one of my investors. It's not something I, that I would have not done, but I was taking a, a vacation and just he called me and, <laughs> uh, and he was like, oh, where are you? I was like, oh, where well, I'm in, whatever. Yeah. And he was like, you shouldn't be working. Right. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I work 11, 15, 13 hours a day. Uh, I need a vacation. He's like, yeah, but you know, it feels kind of weird that uh, no, I, I just gave you some money and uh, and you're taking a vacation. And what I told him is, okay, you're getting a check on the mail with your money back. So uh, yeah. I'm going to personally buy your shares. I'm going to personally do whatever you want to do. I don't want to have this this conversation anymore. I still want to be your friend. But yeah, I don't feel... And again, maybe he was in his right mind to say, well, I just gave you money. Why are you taking a vacation? Why are you not working uh, with it? But uh, it, 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 it tends to have those those conversations, right? I mean, it can happen. Yeah, it certainly does. And uh, listen, in any business, a lot of my clients, there's partners, you know, you know, I have one client's got like three brothers and they're all married and, uh, you know, they all know what each other's up to in their personal lives, you know, and yet they're all equity owners in the business. So, you know, they talk, their spouses talk, you know, it just sometimes it complicates things. How about, Leonardo, how about sharing information? Like if you... You know, if, if, if a family member or friend uh, you know, loans you money um, or even if they buy shares in your company, which is you know, a minority purchase, you know, what, how have you felt about the obligation to then share with them, you know, the financials of your company? You know, is it their business or not? And how have you how have you handled that? I try to be as transparent as possible without actually causing a big overhead on the company. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I. I think there's not things that nothing is kind of off the table with your investors, right? I mean, I think it's it's less about transparency of information; it's more about the time commitment of sharing those up. So, and and it's part of the it's part of the the, the kind of the negotiations when when we're about to raise money. It's like, okay, this is how it's going to work. I'm going to send a newsletter. I'm going to send an email once a month, right? right. Uh, I'm going to give you kind of the most important milestones. Uh, if you have any particular questions, feel free just to give me a call. But please, I mean, don't, 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 I, I don't, I'm, I'm really building a product here and running a company here. I, I don't have, want to have the obligation or the time to be with you on the phone for 30 minutes. And of course, as you were saying, geez, sometimes you get phone calls like, 
hey, you know, I think that <laughs> yeah. you probably should be doing this differently. And I mean, I think it's it's great. And it's, every advice is good advice. Uh, but uh, yeah, it tends to, again, I think it, it's all around the, the setting the expectations when, when things are starting. I think there are like two other pretty interesting things that happen there, at least on, 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 the, on, the, on, the, on the work when you're getting investors. Dilution is something that people just don't understand. Right. If you're not a professional investor. At the beginning, you get like a convertible note or something that says that you own 10% of the company. And, uh, and six months later, something <laughs> happens. And, and when you're starting, it's like, what happened to my 10%? Like, well, other people came, you know. It, it, uh, but you never told me about dilution. And it's like, well, you know, I, I thought you, you knew that when other people put money there and they have preference and all, new money has preference of the other money. And it's a very, very, very tricky world. And, and I think companies like AngelList or like all those have been facilitating this process of kind of creating. And this is what I did in, the, in, the, in, in, in my last company. I created an LLC and it was like, okay, it's going to be friends and founders and friends mm -hmm. and family. And, uh, and it was like a vehicle that it was like a shielding all the, all the noise from everybody there. And uh, it was just like one entity and it was not like 20 people on the cap table or 30 people on the cap table trying to manage and trying to explain why somebody uh, has, you know, this very little money when you're also raising more money, which I think is also pretty important. Finding, I mean, finding your uh, your investors or your debt holders in this particular case, it's always going to affect how you, or your ability to raise more money in the future. Uh, when there's like so many people involved in the company, a lot of people tend to say, well, this can get messy really quickly, right? So yeah. uh, you mentioned also that you, you know, you brought in venture capitalists, you've got venture capitalist funding in the past. As outside investors, you start bringing them into your company. What has been their um, what's been their take on family members being involved in the business? You know, do you, do you find them open to having fellow shareholders or, you know, debt holders that are, that are family members, or do you find that, you know, outside investors as they come in are like, uh, we should probably push these guys out cause they're going to be, you know, they're going to be more of a problem than a help. Um, what's been the response from outside investors? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. <laughs> I mean, there's always this, uh, it's, it's not a term that I like, but anyway, I think there's always this concept of that weight on the cap table when right. like, who is this person and why, why am I investing along him or her yeah. uh, or they? The, the, the advice that I've been getting is, is consolidation. It's just, okay, I understand this is your friends, this is your family. So like put them on one in one kind of vehicle, like an LLC and uh, name somebody who's going to be the, the participant in, 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 in the meetings of the company shareholders meeting and and somebody to represent that because it's going to be really hard when you do like a shareholders meeting to have 50 people just trying to, to give uh, impression and attention on that. So I think it's it's expected uh, to have some friends and family money on any company. I think it's just like the balance of how do you execute and how do you manage this? How do you shield them from the complexity as well? All right. Well, listen, um, you know, I can tell you, like, I get three big takeaways from this conversation, Leonardo. And I don't know if, uh, John, you're, you're getting the same vibe. I mean, first of all, if you're going to be uh, either, you know, getting an investment from or, or a loan from a family member or a friend, um, it's super important to educate that person um, as to what their expectations are going to be um, and, and what they're investing in and things like dilution, uh, you know, what they can expect going forward. Um, I think like any 
uh, S1, you know, uh, S1 is the SEC document that companies file when they go public. Um, there's a whole section on risk factors, um, risk factors of the business, including like, hey, I might decide to take a vacation once in a while. That's not, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm like spending your money inappropriately or whatever. But, you know, one of the factors is, as you know, this is, this is you know, the, the, the way that I run the company. And then the final thing also is documentation, I got as well as to make it sure, you know, even if your family member or friend is like, no, it's fine. We're buddies here. Don't worry about it. It's super important to, to document yourself. Leonardo, is there is there anything else I'm missing? Like if I'm if I if I'm going to start up a new business next week and I'm looking to get money, I need funding. No bank is going to look at me. I got to turn to some families and friends. Is there any other advice that you have uh, that I can take away besides what I've already mentioned? Yeah, I think more more than anything is is that, and I think you already mentioned, but I just want to reiterate it because I think sure. it's really important. Is is that level of transparency and that level of uh, understanding and, and, and telling your people who you really love and, and, and cherish you that uh, there is a risk on, on the investment and that you're going to do your best to, to mitigate the risk, but they need to come with their eyes really kind of open and, and, and knowing that it's money that probably they're not going to see back again. Uh, and uh, and they should feel comfortable with that. Yeah, I like that, like couching it that way. Just say like, you're going to invest this money. And I, you know, it's kind of like when I go to the casinos, I don't really actually go to the casinos very often, I, you know, I, really. But if you're going to go, you know, and you're going to bring 500 bucks with you, you know, for a night of gambling, um, you know, your attitude should be like, I'm, I'm going to go home with nothing. You know, like, you know, if I do come home with something, that's a bonus. That's great. But I'm expecting to lose that money. And I think you can, you know, you can raise that expectation among potential investors and, and, you know, and, and, you know, potential dead holders of yourself that are family and friends. Um, John, am I missing anything or do you want to wrap things up? Well, I think the interesting thing too, is kind of when you talked about the, the paperwork with your dad, you know, we, we've kind of said this before. I, I don't think you can underestimate a good lawyer who understands your business to sure. advise on agreements and to really treat all transactions, even if they're friendly in nature about your business with that kind of lens, right? Because at the end of the day, we, we never know what's going to happen. Um, it's good for everyone to be crystal, crystal clear on terms, you know, just so everyone can kind of enter and, and understand exactly what they're agreeing to. So um, I think that was really kind of s- smart and sharp advice. And I think the, the only other question I'd have is, you know, when it comes to paying people back out of your business or, you know, if the investment kind of runs its course and you're kind of paying off your final you know, like, thank you. And, and now I'm moving on to my next round of funding or I don't need that portion anymore. Do you prioritize kind of like friends and family over other things? Or is it kind of like newer to older? Or is it kind of different on different agreements that you've had and companies that you've had? Or, or what's your kind of philosophy on that? Uh, that's that's a good question. So every every time normally when an, when an institutional investor comes in, there is a possibility of exiting the business. And uh, I I tried to do that. And I tried to do that with, with my families and friends, either by personal means or the investor that is looking for kind of an additional placement on the, on, on the company. So, uh, and that's the first time I go and it's like, guys, there's this opportunity right now. There's somebody coming on and they're giving a premium of 10 cents out of a dollar. So if somebody wants to exit the company right now, I mean, this is a good time to do it. And some of them probably said yes. Uh, some of them probably said no. But yeah, I think it's a it's a really good idea just to have when there are like events of liquidity to go back to your friends and family, which are again the, the ones who gave you the first money and the one who trusts in you, and say you can leave the company right now if this is your choice. 
Awesome. Yeah, I just I think it's an interesting, you know, like a, when I think about debts, I kind of always want to pay back people I know first, you know, um, and I, I kind of wonder when it comes to business loans, if it's thought of the same way, because it's also something where it could be a bigger return for them. So you might, you, to your point, it's good to give them the option. Awesome. Well, Leonardo, I think this was a great conversation. I think it's a topic people are going to be interested in. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your insight and your experience with us. It's a, a place we can go, right? So um, again, if you're listening and watching, you know that we're in the midst of our uh, money week. So a series of content around different ways you can secure funding for your business or your operations or, or kind of, you know, think about your cash flow a little bit differently. So again, I want to thank Leonardo Shapiro for coming on and talking a little bit about the pros and cons of borrowing or thinking about asking for money from friends and family. Gene, as always, thank you for a great conversation. And if you're interested in learning more about um, insights and advice for your small business, make sure you check out sba.thehartford.com or smallbizahead.com for our blog. Uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, let us know what you think. Um, leave us a comment, rate, review. Let us know if you like content like this, if you'd like to see more information like this, if you have more questions about how to borrow money in your friends and family, and if, if we should have a follow-up conversation on there. But Wherever you are, we hope you're having a great day and uh, thank you all for listening.